Hey guys, welcome to Housing Days, the estate sale journey and beyond. Uh, this is our very hey first podcast. We're happy to have you here. He's Josh. I'm George. Uh, how you doing, Josh? Good, George. How you doing? I'm doing all right. So being that this is our first podcast, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what, what made you want to be uh, in an estate sale company? All right. Yeah. Uh, my name is Josh. Uh, I think, I mean, I think it's better for you to start because you're kind of the one who kind of got us started down this journey. Um, George, and then uh, maybe you can kind of set me up uh, with why you thought, you know, I'd be a good fit for this industry with you. Uh, so I, I think it's more appropriate for, for you to start um, because you're the mastermind behind this whole journey that we're on. The mastermind. Um, so I was doing a few different things. Uh, I know Josh from from our retail background and uh, so I've known him for a long time, but I was out of retail and I was doing some some other stuff and led me to reselling. Reselling led me to shopping out of state sales and then kind of as I researched them and I, I kind of got to know them a little bit more, it felt like something that I was that I enjoy doing more than just going out shopping and reselling. One, uh, I like the interaction with people, you know, um, I also really am passionate about helping people. So being in an estate sale company, um, we have the opportunity to really take some grief off of people, take some burden away from people, really help them through some processes that are tough. Uh, I'm a family guy. I have two kids, happily married. I'm sure you'll hear about them as the as the uh, show goes on. Uh, but that's really the whole gist. Uh, again, I know I know Josh um, started out as as someone who would shop at my store, and then as someone who I hired. And then when I left that location, he became like a superstar and everybody got to know him. And then he came back over to where I went, built our relationship even further. You know, um, I know I can count on him. I know even though he and I are very different in a lot of ways, we, we kind of have the same core values and, um, you know, I embrace our differences and I really, really, really am happy to be working with someone who I know, like I can trust and have faith in, in that, will do the right thing, you know, if I'm not looking. So there's your little hype up. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, so we both were working in retail uh, up until I believe 20, around 2020 is when we both, uh, you had left a little bit before that. I had left kind of in the midst of like the coronavirus pandemic. Um, and you had started the state sales and I was working at a, a tech company from home and George knows I was absolutely, absolutely miserable. Like there wasn't a time that came where I was like, I'm, I'm miserable. Every time we, we like we're hanging out, our families, whatever, you're like, how's work? Like I'm miserable. Um, but I was always intrigued at George's determination to, to be his own boss kind of, uh, and he was doing the online selling. He was a, a, re, a eBay flipper and he would tell me about like sales and stuff like that. And I always found that intriguing, but, um, the like the eBay thing just didn't sound like it was like for me. I felt like I didn't have like an, enough like background knowledge and like a specific niche like he does for certain things. Um, but then when he started talking about the estate sale, uh, I, I was really intrigued. Um, and I think the the biggest thing for us when we went and visited a few was the disorganization um, from some some of the things that we saw uh, and the the service for the customer where we could excel at. Absolutely. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, how many sales have we had so far with uh, Halcyon Days? I think it's four to five. I don't even know the number. It's it, we had one terribly long one, so <laughs> that was over a month long. But we'll talk about that. I think another time. <laughs> yeah. That'll take up a whole episode at least. That'll uh, be its own like, mini series. <laughs> things, things not to do. Yeah. But I mean, I think you 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 touched on a good point because, uh, as as someone who's in retail, I I go into stores when I shop, whatever, and I see things that I find wrong like right away, and that irritate me. Um, whether it's poor merchandising with like things left on the floor, it doesn't have to be like perfectly merchandised, but just like the lack of ownership from the employees, and that stuff really bothers me. Um, if if people don't greet me, you know that bothers me. You know, a lot of times I'll walk in, somebody won't say something and I'll say good in you, you know, without without them asking me how I'm doing, you know, kind of thing. Um, so I felt like there was definitely a void because even even the estate sales that I had gone to to shop, there wasn't like a customer experience. And for estate sales, you know, yeah. there's there's a client and there's a customer. The client's the person you're hosting the sale for. The customers, the, the people coming in and shopping. Right. So. I felt like there really wasn't customer experience and you and I both have kind of mastered that, you know, um, outside of that, I'm kind of more like the, I guess, creative or, you know, kind of like free thinker. You're the logical, you know, like this goes here, this place, this here, this is like planner kind of thing, which is how we balance each other out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. Well, that's us in a, in a nutshell. So, um, Josh was thinking that we probably should have our own episode each to to get to know each other, but I didn't want I to. Think it's important. I didn't want to bore everybody. I think it's important. I think I think everyone wants to know who who Georgie is. I don't think they want an hour worth of Georgie, but uh, uh yeah, you might because you know your your <laughs> love for me is so great. Uh, <laughs> vast. Yes, vast it, sure. it's vast. Uh, but so let let's kind of get into uh, that first sale. Um, so we, we had, we had done a lot of things. We got our name. We were excited. We got our tax information, got all that stuff. We became a real company and then we had to market ourselves. And, you know, we, we did all the, the free marketing that you could do, you know, everywhere on Facebook, some social media besides Facebook did, you know, all, all this other stuff. And, and we have, we have our website up and running. It's, is, is it the best looking website? Probably not, but it's effective and it's getting better. So that kind of stuff. But, um, Somebody reached out to us. So do you remember what it was like when we first went to that house? Um, there was a lot of uncertainty. Uh, it was obviously our first sale and it was our first client meeting. So that was obviously most of the uncertainty. Um, and then there was a lot of uncertainty of like what we could sell, what we couldn't sell, when we could set up, what we couldn't touch, where we could list. There was a lot of like back and forth with that. And I know I was still working uh, at my tech job uh, Monday through Friday. Um, I believe I had taken mm-hmm. off for our sale uh, those those couple of days. Uh, but you had done the majority of the prep. Uh, so what was that like for you? So, I mean, I, I look at everything as like a learning opportunity for us, you know, and things that we might be able to take away for the next one. But during this, it was tough because... This this uh, this scenario was um, a relocation. The the couple, they were an older couple. 
um, the the male, the gentleman, he had health issues and you know things like that, and they were going to live with or near their daughter, um, which is not really close to where they live now. So or then, um, so while we were there, they were there, you know. So while I'm trying to set up, they're there. Uh, we didn't have access to every room all the time. You know, we didn't have kind of free reign to move things around, price things to be as loud or as quiet or whatever the case may be, you know, the, and then um, that kind of stuff was was frustrating. But again, we're in it for the customer experience, for the client experience at this point. Like we're, we're in it to provide them the best service that we can. So, you know, we're not going to give them a hard time. We're going to work through it. We're going to work around it. You know, um, we dealt with primarily their children. Um, but while I was there, the couple was there. So there were things where we were told, for example, we can put things in the living room. And then when we went to put things in the living room, the woman was highly upset with us. And this was like unacceptable. So we were like, okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll make it work. No big deal. You know, um, you were there for that. You remember that, right? So um, the the gentleman with his health issues, he couldn't remember who we were. So he would he would come in and ask me, you know, like what I was doing there, you know, and I had to, you know, work up a conversation with them, you know, talk with them. And it took just a lot of time because Josh is better at this than I am. Uh, I could not just end the conversation. You know, I felt like I really had to keep the conversation going with him because he just, it just, it was just like kind of, you know, it, it kind of touched me a little bit. Like, like the guy was, you know, he needed that interaction at that, you know, at those moments or whatever. And, I mean, he told me stories of him hiking and camping and fishing and hunting and all, all these stories. And then the next day, he would tell them to me again, you know, um, if he saw like a boot that was that they were going to sell, you know, it would like kind of trigger his memory. So the processing for getting it all done was hard, which led to not getting everything priced for our first sale. Um, so I'll transition to you now. What, what do you think about like how it went? during the actual sale? Um, I think it was, I mean, outside of the month long sales, probably our most difficult sale because I felt like our hands were tied with a lot of things. There were a lot of things that uh, definitely went wrong. Uh, we had like had a conversation with them about like not being at the sale. And then there were multiple children that were at the sale. And at one point I think like four or five of them were like standing in like a very high traffic area. So like people would come into the house and they'd have to like walk around this family who was like talking and like starting to like clear stuff out while the sale was going on um at one point i think it was like the second day they had placed like a dumpster at the house uh so like that was a challenge right because then like it puts customers in a, in a weird mindset like oh like whatever we don't sell we're gonna throw away so then we had customers trying to like really talk our like talk us down um and in terms of like uh it for realization for me like it, it really like uh helped me realize like how customers or clients value their property versus how customers value the property, right? Uh, I think we all as individuals probably have a higher value on our our items in our house uh, because there was that personal or emotional cost. Um, but the reality is, you know, say you spend $5,000 on an item, that doesn't mean that if you turn around and go to sell it, that you're going to get $5,000, right? Like you're looking at maybe a quarter of that, especially at an estate sale. Uh, I think it'd be beneficial uh, for those who are, are joining who maybe don't know what is an estate sale, George. Uh, like, what's the difference between like an estate sale and a sale of the estate, or a yard sale or garage sale? 
Like, what is it that we do? Uh, I think you're probably a little bit better. At, I like how you explain things. Um, it's very easy to understand. And then I'll correct you when you're wrong. I mean, fair <laughs> enough. So I think, simply put, it's it's basically a yard sale of things that people still use, right? Or used, um, depending on our scenario for what we're in there. So there's more value in them because they're still part of the home. A lot of them. I mean, there's still stuff that's like yard sale stuff, but... You know, you're talking about like they're sure, sure. they're working like their china, their their cookware, like you know th- things that are their lamps, the you know things that they're using, their ta- like whatever you want to think about, all their knickknacks, like all that stuff is is part of their daily life. They they have them staged and set up and happy and you know all that other stuff. And at a yard sale, it's like we've had this stuff in the garage for so long or in the attic for so we just long. Don't throw it away. Um, let's just let's make some extra money, yeah. you know, and so like, so that's why you're going to find higher prices. I think at a estate sales, I think the value of the items inside the home that are, that are part of the everyday life, just hold more, hold more value. Okay. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of customer, a lot of people always get confused when I say like, I run an estate sale company. I think we're selling like the actual estate and it's not, uh, it's not mm-hmm. the sale of the house. It's just the sale of the items in the house. Um, but I, but I agree. I think it's like a, a tier or two above what a yard sale and a garage sale are. Obviously, you know, you are in a time crunch and you have to get rid of so much um, and not everything's going to be at value. But there's still like you're not going to like walk. Like, you might walk into a yard sale and, and pick up a TV for like, you know, 50 bucks because it's a really, really old TV. But in an estate sale, you might be getting a, only a two or three year old TV like you're playing, paying maybe closer to retail value for it, depending on how old it was or the size or the quality. Um, and I, I don't think a lot of people realize that when they walk into a state sale, because estate sales will show up in a lot of yard sale, garage sale searches. Um, that's how, you know, I know that's how we've generated a lot of our traffic is on like yardsales.com and things like that. Um, which, or, you know, uh, what's the other one? Craigslist we've posted on. So we get a lot of, of yard sale traffic. Uh, and I think that was, that was a challenge. We had a lot of customers, our first, you know, and every sale, but I think, our first sale where they would they, they would try to negotiate like it's a yard sale and we're literally inside the house or like it's it's not a yard sale it's an estate sale um yeah but um yeah but the i think the dumpster thing and then the the clients being on the property were definitely the hardest part of our first sale um and trying to like you know let, the dumpster hurt a lot yeah yeah i, I remember there was one item in the house <laughs> where they were like Oh yeah. Um, we can now like where it was like middle of the first day where like, Oh, by the way, we can sell that one cabinet. And we are like, okay, like how much like do you want to sell it for? I was like, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking 3000. And I remember like your face was like, yeah, we, yeah, we can try. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. And then, um, it was like a half hour later, he came back. like, like, I think what we're actually going to try to sell that for is, and we thought he was going to lower it. And he was like, we're going to try to sell it for 10. He like raised it like an astronomical amount. And then when they finally did come down, it was only like 7,500 that they wanted to come down to, um, which we yeah. did not end up selling that cabinet for obvious reasons. But yeah, there, there's, I mean, honestly, we, so we do a contract with every one of our clients, right? And they, if we really wanted to push it, our contract wasn't really honored in that particular sale. Um they kind of did their own thing quite a bit. Um, and there were, there were some other pain points like the, the new owners of the house, because somebody had already, already bought it. 
they came by and they were looking at the, the dining room table and we were going to sell it to them and have it left there. But then she started talking to the, the son who was there and then she didn't buy the table and said she'd come back if uh, she'd come back tomorrow and see if she can get it for a cheaper price. She never came back. I guarantee you they worked out a deal. Uh, just like the way it went down, it was pretty clear like that. And again, having somebody there that, shouldn't be there you know um is, is a problem the, the dumpster thing was huge you know uh just a lot of obstacles to overcome that you know we just it was our first sale we needed a sale we needed to get this thing rolling yeah. you know and there's there are definitely some things that we kind of tolerated you know mm -hmm. uh, but i think no matter what at the end of the day we gave them a great experience we learned a lot uh, we gained some customer base, you know, we track, we, we have a, basically a sign-up sheet. So, you know, you give us your email, we'll send you, we'll send you an email when we have another state sale in the area kind of thing. So that helped us gain some customers there. Yeah. If you, you know, if you, and, would, uh, um, if you would like to join our email list for our next sale, feel free to post it in the comments and we'll add you to our email list. So, um, but I would say like, all in all, I left it feeling good about what we were able to do. It also taught us, you know, how to, how to employ extra people where we need them, how to spend mm -hmm. the money, you know, what made sense, you know, cause that's, I wouldn't say that was our moneymaker sale, right? That was, uh, it's probably you know, our least, that was kind of what that was it probably was. the least amount of money we made at a yeah. sale. Um, which, which yeah. would be pretty standard uh, if you ask me, like we learned, I think on the fly, like we started posting in different like marketplaces, trying to advertise, like we had like we didn't like the generic stuff. And then we had like switched to like posting specific stuff to generate interest. And then from those few posts, I think like the third day we did the most, but because of the way we were posting and where we were posting, mm -hmm. we, we drove traffic through um, that way and sold items that we didn't think we were going to be able to sell as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, also the other pain point, which I forgot, you, you kind of touched on it, that the overvaluation of the, of the stuff that they said, and they get, they gave us thresholds that we couldn't go under. And one of the ones was that armoire in the middle um, where the woman who lived at the house, the older lady, she done her own research. looked it up and yeah. she found it on, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the website Cherished, mm. but that place is astronomically priced, right? So like she found it on that and was like, that's the price I need to sell it for. And there was no way, I mean, absolutely no way we could have done that, you know? Um, and the, the sad part about it is, they gave us hard nose on a lot of things about price. And then at the end of the day, they threw them away, yeah. you know? So while we were still there, the, while we were still there. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah. So the, like, those are the pain points and I'm sure anybody, I'm sure anybody who's listening to this can, could understand like the frustration there, but at the end of the day, like we never, we never lost our cool. We never got angry. Um, you know, we might have been upset, but we handled it professionally the entire time. We, like I said before, we took it as our as a learning experience. I think we we really learned a lot from that sale. I think it was super beneficial to to have done it, even the way it was. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I agree. It's given it's it's kind of given me um, more confidence in our self worth, and I had to turn a sale down. Um, what like a month ago? Do you remember? 
um, because it just didn't make sense for us to go all the way out there and we wouldn't have made the money. Whereas if this was the beginning, I probably would have taken it and I probably would have spent more on gas than I would have made at the place yeah. um, just, just to have a sale, you know? So but we learn, you know, and we keep going. Anyway, so on the on the um, point of learning, what do you think? Think we should teach these guys uh, some things about estate sales if they ever want to, you know, have an estate sale. Some things, uh, yeah. So I I would say uh, at the moment, like you're gonna decide that you need to have an estate sale. The first thing you should do is probably call an estate sale company. Um, I think most people from the few customers we talked to, the first instinct is to start throwing stuff away, uh, and that could actually be a mistake because. If you're not an expert or you maybe it was your spouse who died, I don't know what they had might be valuable. Um, we've actually, you know, we've had walked into houses where customers like, yeah, I have all this junk that we've turned around and sold for a couple hundred bucks. Um, because customers just, you know, or clients don't always know what they have or what their spouse had and, and the value in it, or if there is value to be seen in, in those items. So I think that's the first thing. Uh, so hold on. So about that value, never assign value. Like you, you don't know what something's going to be worth to somebody else. Things that you could never imagine that you would think in a million years wouldn't sell, sell. We've sold half open potting soil bags. We've sold broken tools. We've sold, I mean, we sold empty gas cans. Yeah. Yeah. Toiletries, you know, like half used bottles of Windex, you know, every it's, don't throw anything away like that that's the big thing don't throw anything away don't have a yard sale first mm-hmm. um because when you do that in it has nothing to do with us any estate sale company if you're listening to this in in nebraska i mean we're we're in the middle of central pennsylvania here so but if, you, if you hire an if you hire an estate sale company and then you you had a garage sale or a yard sale they're more likely to turn you down because that's just less items that they can sell because there has to be profit, you know. I don't think any of us are looking to get rich over this, but there has to be some some profit there. You know, we do want to feed our kids, you know, that kind of stuff, and, and keep a roof over their house, over their heads. So, um, don't don't take the first step without talking to an estate sale company. I think that's a big thing. I'd say the second thing is do your research. Um, I mean, we've heard stories where you know, auctioneer companies uh, wanted like 55% of the profit and then wanted to charge you on top of that. It was like a like a $2,500 like fee to pay for like the employees yeah. and like the setup of the stuff. And then that would have left the customer like literally within the quote they provided the customer was like $375, but they would have walked away with the sale of everything in their house. Um, so I think... Um, if you're if you're first starting out at your own estate sale company or you're trying to get into this business, uh, being competitive is 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 one of the, the keys there, especially if there's not a ton of competition or if say a lot of your competition is like auctioneer companies, that gives you the value to be like the lowest cost to a client in order to on who to go with, right? So for us, we pay all of our employees out of whatever percentage we take. Uh, so if we have to have you know three four guys help us out. Or, or ladies help us out with the sale, um, that comes from our profit. That The customer doesn't pay for that. Or the client doesn't pay for that. 
Um, whereas, you know, these big auctioneer companies, they'll come in and they'll, they'll charge their commission fee and then they charge a fee on top of that to pay for the employees that they use to set up the, to set up the sale. Yeah, they've got cleanup fees. They, I mean, they the fees on top of fees. And for us, and I, and I honestly, I think any any small business because we're a small business, we're not a corporation. Obviously, it's just us. Um, but any small business should should try to find ways to to set themselves apart from anybody else, right? One of the ways is is just the value. So if if we say to you our percentage is thirty five percent, and it covers everything. You know, it does. There's no cleaning fee. There's no setup fee. There's no, none of that, right? We don't do that. If we have to pay employees, we pay the employees ourselves out of that, like Josh said. Um, yeah, uh, set yourself apart. Make yourself competitive. I think that's kind of where you're going. Um, it gives you the edge. It gives you the ability to be negotiable because, I mean, even if you have to take five percent less, that's still better than taking a thirty-five percent no cost or no takeaway fee. Um, whereas with these auctioneer companies, which would probably be like your main competitor when you're first starting out. Like if you're like us, I think when we did the research, there was maybe three to four in our immediate area. And from what we saw when we went, they weren't anything to like, they weren't anything special. You know, they weren't doing something amazing that like legitimized themselves to be set apart from the others. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a growing market mainly because the customer base isn't going anywhere. People are always going to be downsizing, you know, moving to assisted living or other things that you would need an estate sale for. Um, Plus, it's trendy. You know, like the, the people who like to go to estate sales, uh, you find oh, yeah. millions we've, of those videos YouTubers. out there on TikTok. We've had YouTubers come to our sale, mm -hmm. uh, which yeah. was kind of interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they're pretty interesting. He was a cool dude. Right. He, he, he was all right. <laughs> Yeah, hope he watches this and he remembers you. And he's yeah, like, that guy's a jerk. They have no idea who I'm talking about. It could be anybody. He knows. Or she. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, the other thing I was going to say is that when we were talking about the fees, right, the only thing that we don't cover is when, if, if they need something like a dumpster, yeah. right, because we're not going to pay for them to throw away their stuff. We'll help them throw stuff in the dumpster. We're not going to charge them for that. But we're not going to, we're not going to pay for the minimal dumpster, help, you know, that, minimal help. no, we're going to help. Cause that's what we do. For sure. Okay. We did already, but anyway, so yeah, Josh, we're at 30 minutes. We are at 30 minutes. Which I'm glad you can count. <laughs> Dude, is your timer on your screen? It's or is it just on, on both screen? of our screens. Look at that. that. It's funny how these things uh, work. Technology. You'd have no idea that we worked technology. for a major technology company for eight plus years. I mean, in fairness, it had nothing to do with why I worked there. <laughs> so I, I work for the people. Yeah. The stuff doesn't matter. The stuff never matters. It's always the people. It's always about the Anyway. So um, another thing I would say, if you're starting a company, uh, in a state sale company is you want to look at like your best way to network with people and in, in your field. Right. So um, this the perfect timing for this, because I just, I just met with someone who's going to be a guest on our show. Um, I met with her yesterday. Her name's Delinda. She's a realtor. She's got a, She's got the same kind of outlook that we have. Um, she wants to be there for the people. She's, you know, she, she's got 
the scene core values that we have, you know, that kind of thing. And you feel good about partnering with people that have, that are like-minded that way, you know, that, that aren't just there for the money that aren't just there. And, um, to, you know, to make the dollar, they're there to help somebody along the way and, and really, you know, you know, when you're, when you're buying a house, she specializes in people who are 55 and older, she'll sell a house for anybody, but, or buy, you know, whatever, help you buy a house, but her specialty is 55 and older. So it's a perfect demographic for our clients. You know, that's, that's a big area of what we do. So I'd say like, go out there, talk to people, find someone you trust and you can, you know, bounce ideas off of and things like that. And, uh, I think that'll go a long way as well. Yeah. Networking groups can definitely yeah. help. Um, especially depending on what your business is. Uh, they can get you a lot of connections that you wouldn't have otherwise. For sure, for sure. For sure. For, for sure. sure. So we started our company back yeah. in May. Uh, we had our first sale in end of June. Sounds right. right. Is there anything you would have done differently in getting our company started up? I mean, there's always there's always things that you could have done differently. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know specifically because we're where we are right now and it kind of is what it is. But I would say being more diligent with uh, the, the networking thing, I think that which we still need to do, you know, we still need to get out there more. Um, but I mean, I, I don't, I don't think we've done any events wrong or, you know what I mean? Like things like that. I don't think that, you know, I don't, I don't regret any, even our big, long, crazy ass sale. I don't, I don't regret it. You know, um, yeah. would I have changed some things? Probably, but you know, we, we, we did the right thing. We, as far as I'm concerned, we helped people out and, you know, for the most part, I think they're usually grateful, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. I, okay. So I guess let me, uh, really... I, I guess let, let's start, let, let me rephrase that question. Cause obviously we are, we're, we're less than a year old at this point. Um, so let's talk about some of the things that we chose not to do in starting up our company. Um, Cause I think a lot of people get bogged down and like what they can't do or what they can't afford or, uh, like the road, like they they see or hear these roadblocks and they freeze. And I think that's that's a big mm-hmm. challenge or a roadblock for a lot of people. So uh, I would say that the first thing that we didn't do is we didn't pay for advertising um, for our mm-hmm. first couple of sales. Um, you know, a lot of people you know want to charge you to advertise your company or whatever. We chose not to do that, and we've had a lot of good natural traffic. Uh, we had a we had a roadblock around like the holidays, but I mean for what we do, that was kind of we kind of expected that a little bit. Uh, but we didn't pay for advertising. Uh, we did not pay for people to design our website. We do that ourselves. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, and you know, I think I think our website, you know, looks good. You can tell that it wasn't done by necessarily a website design specialist. Um, but people want to charge you astronomical. Um, but if you can get a pretty decent website, we looked up, you know, YouTube tutorials, we did it together. We got inside, we got feedback from, you know, people that we know on things. Uh, and we made changes based off, you know, that type of stuff. Uh, what were some other things? Oh, we, um, we turned down like paid networking services. 
So like as you as you go to these networking events, there were people there that wanted to like charge you to have meetings or charge us to have meetings with them so that they could promote our business but didn't like actually understand it. Which was kind of like a weird conversation to have. Um, because like how can you promote something that like you don't understand? Um, we get emails daily on like people trying to redesign our website or advertise for us or or promote us, but like you have to like pay, like you have to pay them. A lot of those are most likely or mostly scams. So like you have to be like conscious of that. Um is that like mm-hmm. people don't tell you about when starting, like when you like see YouTubers or whatever, they're like, Oh yeah, go out and like you can do it. Anyone can do it. Um, and then like you you start it and you you find out all these things. Um we formed our own LLC. We didn't have another company to do it for, so we don't we manage our own LLC. Um we don't like a company doesn't do that for us. We don't, you know, have a lawyer that manages it for us. Um I know, I know from different things that some companies will try to like convince you that you need to buy into that and then they'll manage your LLC and it's like, you know, $3,000 a year. I mean, I think not, I think that's how we can stay competitive by not doing that stuff. You know, if, if we needed to generate that kind of income to pay for that stuff, we'd have to take more, you know? So I think, I think our model is correct. And, um, I mean, I know in terms of customers, when we have a sale, they're going to show up because we have a pretty huge customer yep. base and, and they're pretty loyal already, you know, so, um, yeah, we've because had customers, we're fair we've had customers visit every single one of our sales, um, since the first one. Yep. So yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yep. And yeah, we even, even when I send the, uh, messages out that we have one up there some some people will respond oh man i'm out of town i'm gonna miss it thanks for the heads up though you know what i mean they they care enough to even respond which is cool it's not just like um it's like we form relationships you know what i mean like we're we actually connect to the people that come to our house i mean our house our sales you know and that kind of stuff and and that's that's what i like about this yeah you know that's one of the things like building these relationships with people and and like being authentic and genuine you know, and uh, there's there's some, you know, where, you know, this person is going to come in and try to get the lowest price. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, I'm well enough where you can laugh at about it with them, you know, and it's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> like we're not going out. You know, yeah. like, like what's how much, like, how much did you look for this? You know, and they're like, oh, a dollar. <laughs> no, that's that's too low. I'm sorry. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, you and I, we have back and forths all the time, you know, and, and we create an environment where people like kind of are involved and they like laugh with us and, you know, I'll make fun of you. You'll make fun of me. And, you know, like they kind of laugh with us and go along with us and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just a good friendly atmosphere the entire time. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's, that's a huge part of what makes us want to keep going. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm better though. Okay. I think everybody knows that. I'm going to create my own um, reviews for just me mm-hmm. on Google, yeah. and I'm going to see, and I'll create them for you, and we'll see who can get the the better Google reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it'll be me for sure, for sure. They won't. They won't. <laughs> like that guy wouldn't come down. Come down. <laughs> I'm definitely, <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely like the harder. Like, you, like it, it, depending on the item. Um, I'm definitely the harder negotiator. I'm like, no, like that's, that's, the well, it, it depends on, 
a lot of things, not just the item. It depends on the the client, what their what their motivation is. Is their motivation to make as much money as possible, or is their motivation to get things out of the house as fast as possible? You know what I mean? Like it just depends on what their motivation is, and uh, it also depends on if this customer is buying a lot of things. You know what I mean? If if we're like no to this one thing, and then they're like, all right, you know, forget it, and they leave, we just lost all that other stuff that they were gonna get. You know, so it's like. I'm not that big of a pushover, yeah. but I mean, the, the last place we were at, yeah. How much you want to pay? Yours. <laughs> no, there was there were certain things where I was like, no, like this is this is the hard price. There were certain things that I felt like you would have let it go for certain prices, um, because you were in that mindset. And I was like, we we can't. Like, I sure would have. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, there there were times on that that last sale where you were like, "How much did you sell it for?" I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's sold. It's one less item in this crazy. crazy so, place. I mean, do you want to talk about that sale? Do you want to save that for another episode? I guess that can kind of be its own like episode, right? That yeah, that if you break that sale down, that can take a long time. There's a lot to talk about in that sale, so we don't need to go into like all all of the sales, but. TBD. We'll just we'll just tell you it was a hoarder house, and if any of our customers are watching this, no, no, you'll you would have known it already before I even said it. So, but anyway, um, here's a question for you guys. Hopefully, you can respond in the comments. Um, if you're the, if you've listened or watched for this long, so we're Josh talked about not paying for stuff ahead of time, right? So we decided that we're going to do this podcast, and admittedly, we're all over the place today. But hopefully, at some point, we'll we'll be a little more streamlined. But uh, one of the things to get your podcast out there is you have to kind of get an RSS feed. It's called, and basically, there's a host that hosts that for you, and then you can distribute it out. But in order to get like all of them on there. Um, it, there's a fee, right? So it's fourteen ninety nine a month, or it's like comes out to like eleven ninety nine a month if you pay for it ahead of time. There's like a twenty percent discount. Like, do you think we should do that? Do you think we should make this into a, like an actual po- podcast where it's audio as well as like this YouTube video that you're watching? Um, and if you, if this is a podcast and you're just listening, then bear with me for talking about the video. <laughs> but um, it's just one of those things. I, I don't I don't know what we should do. You know, we do want to grow. We do want to have a little bit of fun with it. So it's just a matter of do we want to spend the money? What do you guys think? What do you think, Josh? Um, I mean, I didn't really go over any, like, are there any restrictions for us? Like, do they have any claims to our podcast or, you know, anything over, like, sponsorships or ads, certain mm-hmm. ads that we can't run if we use them? No. I think like for I think so for me, like the biggest thing with the business is is wanting to maintain control. Right. Like there's 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 probably a handful of people in this world that I go into business and, and you're probably one of one of two of them. Um and the one thing that I've I think I've maintained in conversations with you is is not wanting to give up control of our business to anybody at any level, right? Um, like I don't want to have to report to somebody on like our quarterly sales or, you know, like if, if our podcast would take off and people would be coming to listen to us talk about, you know, estate sales, yard sales, business growth, anything like that. 
um, if we can't do certain things on our podcast because of where we post or how we post. Um, so I think for me, that's more so the key than necessarily the cost. We've earned, I think, the right to pay to promote our podcast. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, maybe we'll wait till we get more than five subscribers. Yeah, but the 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 argument to that is people who listen to Spotify podcasts will never see us on. Is YouTube. that is that where our podcast is going live at? It would go to lots of different places with the subscription. With that, yeah, I would choose without it. Without it's, it's a hosting, so it's not. To be clear, it's it just you can't just put your audio out there. So the way the way podcasts actually work, and and I've learned this just from doing the research for us, the way podcasts actually work is you have to get an RSS feed. Right? It doesn't matter what RSS stands for. I forget. It's stupid. Um, really I'll simple something. I forget. But uh, it's not to me. It isn't. So, but the way it works is you have to have it hosted somewhere, and then the the places that distribute it pull it from that host. Does that make sense? So you're not like you're not putting your podcast on apple podcast you're not putting your podcast on spotify you're not putting it at these places they're pulling it from your rss feed so there has to be like a host for that rss feed which we could do on our website but that takes a lot it has to be a strong server and and really our our website's not built for that you know what i mean so it would be kind of stupid for us to do that and then have issues with our website i don't want to be in that scenario mm -hmm. yeah because we could just post links so, to our podcasts on the website and just do it that way, right? Yeah. The roundabout way. Yeah. I mean, we would probably just put a link to like our YouTube page, you know, but the the other stuff is, you know, whatever. It just takes work and, and figuring out what to do, but, you know. Yeah, for Rizzle. Anyway, that was a long tangent. It really was. We lost like 20 subscribers there. We lost 20 subscribers that we don't have. You're right. Yeah. Um, okay. So what else? We didn't talk as long as I thought we were going to talk on some of the other stuff. We so. would have if you would have let yeah. us like do the thing that I had suggested. Um, but, you know, it's cool. No one really wants to know anything about you or me. That's not why they're watching us. They hate us. They, they hate you, Mando. I mean, I'm not going to watch a podcast where one person just talks about themselves the entire time. For the first episode, I disagree. Well, go ahead and do one, and we'll post it. And <laughs> I you bet you, the, the I bet you get over double it. the subscribers than we have right now. It'll be okay. my yeah. mom and dad. That's not double. <laughs> double of zero is still zero. Ah, uh, math is hard. <laughs> yeah, math is math. So, um, I think while we shoot for an hour long podcast, I think we're going to cut this one a little short so we don't just ramble, which is fine. Um, when we have a, a guest, um, on that's going to occupy time and space, yeah. too. so we'll be, we'll be good for sure. For sure. Are right, you going to take us home? Yeah, so thanks for watching. Uh, I'll say on days the estate sale journey and beyond. Uh, catch us next week anywhere where you see your local podcasts. That's what we're deciding to do, right? <laughs> Perfect. All right. Peace Roger out. Dodger. <laughs>